Episode 3 of the Hive Mind Podcast. Welcome back. I'm your host, Carl Junquist, and today I'm joined by finally some fantastic guests, as opposed to Perry, who has been on the last few podcasts. Uh, to my right, I have Bryce. Perry, welcome. How's it going? Thanks for having me. And I have Arno Zimmerman. Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me. Uh, these two guys are my roommates, and uh, I've known them since sophomore year of college, and we've had the opportunity to travel a little bit together. I would say, yeah. Um, and yeah, I think we just wanted to talk about some of our experiences and the way that travel has impacted our lives when we're not abroad um, and, and what that uh, kind of the impact that has. Bryce or, and Arno, I'll open it up for you guys to kind of give a little backstory about how you started traveling and whatnot. Yeah, of course. I mean, I think <laughs> growing up it's always like I went on family trips and stuff with my parents but I didn't really experience the full potential of like the places you're I were going to until I think we studied abroad together because I think in that sense you know we really got to explore the full cultures and see what happens when you just kind of go off on your own and Arno, and maybe we can talk about a little bit more about, about what our abroad experience was because we all went together. Yeah, yeah. So uh, about two years ago now, we went abroad on a program called Semester at Sea. Um, and so for those of you don't, that don't know what Semester at Sea might be, it's essentially the sweet life on deck um, in real life. So we traveled on a cruise ship for about four months. Um, we sailed across the Pacific Ocean and then we hit countries like Japan, China, Vietnam, Myanmar, India, South Africa, Ghana, Morocco, and then we ended our way um, in Germany. So it was a really surreal, fun experience. Got to meet a lot of cool people. Um, yeah. What would you say your guys' favorite place you've traveled to? Not necessarily just abroad, but in all the places you've ever been to. What was your favorite mm -hmm. place that kind of stuck out to you the most? Yeah, I think even still, even if I include everything I've been to, I still think Myanmar um, on Semester at Sea was one of the craziest, most surreal places I've ever been because going there beforehand, I've never even heard of Myanmar. I mean, I feel like I've heard of Burma and the the negative things that have happened there. But um, once we actually got to the place, I had, the, and Arna was there too, we had the most, I think, real experience I had on the whole <clears throat> three months of being abroad where um, we were invited to go into a local's town and visit with his family and his mom made us dinner and we got to see all of the the places in his town and his local market and we got to learn about their their whole family story and it was just I think the, one of those impactful days that I ever had learning about someone completely on the opposite side of the world that you never meet before but it's it I don't know that day was just amazing for me and Arno 
Yeah, I mean, I don't want to copy Bryce's idea. Um, that was obviously a super impactful day. I think overall, the, the country that was probably most impactful for me, in a sense, was South Africa. Um, I had the fortune of meeting Desmond Tutu, and it was cool because uh, there's some like personal history behind us meeting, which I don't want to get into just for the duration and sake of this podcast. Um, but just overall, South Africa, just being a beautiful country, um, kind of seeing the big contrast between, you know, still the slums that you have and a lot of the Ameri- African-American people being displaced there, but still so much hope and so much prosperity in that country. And then also just the beautiful nature experiences, you know, getting to skydive, getting to go shark cage diving, getting to bungee jump, um, and then just being uh, surrounded by the sheer beauty that is South Africa. I remember us three, me, Carl, Bryce, um, uh, we went on a hike uh, called Lion's Head, which was this really surreal, beautiful hike. And just I remember, you know, walking down and being surrounded by tourists. And it just felt we felt so at home, yet, yet we were in a completely different part of the world. So that for me was probably the most surreal moment. And we went on that hike after skydiving that morning, <laughs> yeah, which is something that you can do in South Africa. And yeah. then diving with the great white sharks the night before. <laughs> yeah. And even that day we got home from skydiving and then I think we had like a couple of pieces of pizza and then raced up the mountain right before sunset. Mm-hmm. Maybe they, 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 the one guy was like, yeah, this hike's probably supposed to take like an hour and a half, two hours. And we sprinted up it in like 45 minutes or something. Mm-hmm. Except so, Lexi. So we had a friend <laughs> to tell you a little story. We had a friend named Lexi and the day before, so she was lucky enough to meet Desmond Tutu as well. So the day before, her and I, we kind of went off on our own um, and we started exploring the beaches. And one day we were, you know, hopping some some rocks and she kind of fell flat-footed on a rock. So her foot was bruised and at first we're like, oh, it's okay, it's just a bruise, it's not the end of the world. Um, so the next day we go hiking and she's like, guys, I really can't make it up this mountain. I'm just going to chill down here for a little bit. I'll meet you guys when we're back. Um, which probably wasn't the best idea because of being dark outside in South Africa, which isn't the safest country to be um, in particularly. It was kind of not the, not the safest decision, but luckily she was okay. Well, um, we made fun of her the entire rest of being abroad for having... <laughs> she's complained so... And she was that boy, boy who cried wolf type. Uh-huh. But then she gets back to... Um, after the whole experience, she goes to the doctor x-rays her feet and turns out she actually like <laughs> bruised the bone or something and we were all like uh <laughs> yeah um so what about what about what about you what's uh you know I, take in all of your traveling in account what's the i i'd probably have to say south africa as well but just for the sake of of changing it up um i might have to go with Ah oh, man, it's tough. I I I, might, I can go through my three favorite cities. I think okay. recently that I've been to. Yeah. Um, not counting Cape Town, I would say Stockholm, Sweden, Paris, France, and Tokyo. Um, yeah. I think those three, in no particular order. I don't know if it was just the experiences that I had there or the memories, but like. I don't know. There's just magical places that that really stuck with me. Um, well, I think you had a pretty crazy experience in Paris. I did. With, uh, yeah. World Cup? With yeah, the re- most recent time I was there, um, I was <laughs> I was there for one night, and that night happened to be when uh, France won the semifinal game <laughs> against Belgium. Um, fun fact: Arno across from me right is from Belgium, and. He was, he was and quite fun, fun fact about that, too, is that Carl was at... Well, yeah. So what happened was... <laughs> uh, so to kind of give you a little backstory to this whole trip and how Carl ended up in Paris. So 
Carl, uh, myself, and my brother and, and a good friend named Troy, we went on a trip to uh, Scandinavia this summer in the beginning of the summer. And then afterwards, uh, we found ourselves in Belgium, my, where my home country is. Um, and we were right there during the World Cup. Belgium has had a pretty good soccer team in the last couple of years. And so, you know, being a Belgian citizen myself, I was pretty hopeful that, you know, this would be the year that we would win the World Cup as a small country, our one claim to fame. Um, so we were there. The night we actually flew into Belgium, we were there for the Belgium-Brazil game. Uh, so we immediately raced down to the town. We bought a jersey, each, each and every one of <laughs> us. Um, we ate some good food at my grandparents' house. And then we went down to the city center and we watched Belgium beat Brazil, right? Hopes are high. <laughs> we're feeling good. We're taking this home this year. It was an incredible um, night, I yeah. have to admit. And I was all about Belgium that night. Yeah. <laughs> it was then, on the bandwagon. And then, you know, a couple days in between, we see that France is beaten. I forget who it was at the time, but they're, so they're our next opponent. And then we kind of all disperse. Troy ends up in Bali. Um, Carl makes it to France. And so while I'm in Belgium, Carl's in <laughs> France. And then, you know, it's kind of dueling it out. Okay, who's going to win? And then, you know, Paris, uh, France ended up taking it home, which yeah. is pretty disappointing. I, I swear I wasn't wearing a French jersey or anything yeah. like that. I was just observing. That's, um, that's what he says. Yeah, but, yeah. But it was crazy. Um, to be around because it was basically as soon as they won, this, it just like turned into a riot through the street. I've never seen that many people in the street. I, I literally think the entire city was outside marching through the streets, like climbing on top of signs, uh, traffic lights, stopping cars and trucks and then climbing on top of them. And like the drivers didn't even care. They'd like honk along. People were like lighting flares and like chanting, um, and yeah, that was just like a, a wild experience for being there for one night. <laughs> um, yeah, I think going off of that, like every time I think of one of um, experiences that I've had, every memorable moment, story, or like best time I've ever had in a place has just been unexpected. I think mm -hmm. going like that too, it's like you didn't really plan to be there for the game. You didn't, uh -huh. you know, you didn't really just like plan to party in the streets with everybody. Yeah. You know, it was going to happen, but it's, it's like crazy what can happen when you just, you know, go with it. Yeah. And I think that kind of speaks to the kind of way that the three of us choose to travel where we kind of try and stay away from a lot of the tourist um, attractions and kind of just try and immerse ourselves into the place we're at and find you know, find those crazy stories and, um, you know, whether it's through someone that we meet or, you know, we try and f explore a place that not many tourists would go to. Um, for example, I guess when we were in Norway, Arno, like the, there's like a famous hike called Trolltunga and there's this like little, or this kind of, what would you call it? Like yeah. a, a rock that so, juts out? Yeah, so why Trolltunga is called Trolltunga is because at the top of the hike, when you reach the summit, it looks like an actual troll's tongue. Um, so that's where the name comes from, if you want to expand on the, that part. Yeah, yeah. And, and like, so we, after this in huge hike, how long was it? Like It was, so it was 28 kilometers in total. So yeah. it took us 14 kilometers to get up. Um, yeah, and 14 kilometers and like, Oh my God, there was like a l insane line of tourists just waiting to take their quick photo for Instagram, like right on that, um, like that troll's tongue part. And we were just like, wow, like these people just hiked for this just to like take a photo where like m millions of other people have like, and so we just hiked a little bit further and actually found like a, another 
part that like jutted out that looked just like it actually was cooler and it was all to ourselves and it was just like just that little like extra you know little bit to kind of break out from you know what other tourists or them might do it's like oftentimes not always safe so I wouldn't really advise it but if it feels like okay then like you know I think that's part which is also something that we learned that Bryce and I experienced uh, in the Sahara Desert uh, when we were in Morocco, um, I'd, Bryce, you can you can start it off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I think we have a reputation for not exactly doing the safest thing all the time. Mm-hmm. But um, so this was on semester two as well, and we had all taken a bus um, into basically the outskirts of the Sahara Desert, and then um, a bunch of us took camels into um, our tent where we'd be sleeping the night in the middle of the Sahara Desert, which is a great, great experience. I think there was about 40, 50 um, students there. And of course, what are students going to do in the middle of the desert? We had to bring alcohol. So um, that was involved in this story. Um, Basically, (laughs) after we ate dinner, everyone was hanging out on the dunes and then we were drinking and stuff. And um, Carl and I, we had our cameras and we were thinking that this was, we we're never going to be in this hard desert ever again. So um, the great opportunity to take some star photos. And like, I remember distinctly saying like, we'll never be in the Sahara, like not never, but we won't be here for a while. Like, let's stay up all night. Like, how could you go to bed? Like, let's just experience the whole night. Like, yeah. And take some photos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so go ahead. Yeah. So I think everyone was going to bed and Carl and I were like, we got to find a good spot to take these photos. So we, we looked out in the distance and we saw a dune that was pretty high. And like, I don't know what our, our logic was, but we're like, oh yeah, the closer we can get to these stars, yeah. the better they'll be. Yeah. Which so. was like, <laughs> kind of so dumb. Like <laughs> dune wasn't that much taller than any of the other ones. And like, I, I don't know, it looked decently close, but it was extremely far away. Yeah, and I think that one took us about, like, 10, 15 minutes to walk to. Oh, dude, we were walking for, like, a half an Whoa, hour. That was the first one. Okay, and then, yeah. we, and then we stopped, and we, like, sat down, looked at the stars. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then, <laughs> I don't know if it was you or me, one of us was like, oh, that one looks higher. Yeah, yeah. So then we, we keep walking in the opposite direction of the camp, and that a time was, like, for 30 minutes. Is that, like, 3 a.m.? Yeah, and like, I remember, so we get to the, the, the other dune, um, and we were just talking, we never actually took any photos, but it was 3.45 and we we're like, ah, oh, we're pretty tired. I don't want to make it back to the camp right now. So Carl <laughs> set an alarm for 4.45 in the morning and we took a nap for an hour and going to bed. <laughs> just like straight up laying on the <laughs> sand, like no, no blanket, anything. Yeah, just yeah. don't worry, don't worry. We had our location covered. I said, okay, the camp was under the moon uh-huh. and we had our, we had the camel's footprints were on one side or whatever. No, the camels were on one side. Yeah, our, yeah, yeah. our footprints, the trail. Right, right. We had we just follow that back once we woke up and we'd be fine. Mm-hmm. Yep. We wake up. Obviously, the moon has shifted positions. The wind has blown away our f- footprints, and the camels have moved. So we're in, <laughs> in the middle of the Sahara Desert, drunk. Bryce is. More drunk than I am, so he goes, take the lead, figure out where we're going. I have no clue, so I just pick a direction, we start walking. Um, and yeah. yeah, we just walk, I think, we for like walk, 30 walk, minutes, yeah, we're man. for, I think, 20 minutes, we pass one camp, that wasn't our camp. Yep. We pa- we're walking, you know, a little bit more, we pass another camp, and um, we, we get to walk like 40, 45 minutes, and mm-hmm. this is the point I'm starting to think, like, 
what happens if we, you know, what happens yeah. if we're lost? Like, can we die out here? Like, oh, we're I don't fucked. Know, can we just go and like ask somebody where the the white kids yeah, are? Yeah, yeah, we're the college kids. Yeah. Um, so I think then we we've been walking for 45, 50 minutes now. We come upon another camp and we're just like tired of like checking on these camps. So this one we're not even gonna go like check out because we see there's solar panels in the front uh-huh. and we're like our camp didn't yeah, have it's like, solar yeah, panels. Yeah, I don't remember seeing solar panels at our camp. It's nah. Like let's <laughs> keep going. But um, then we didn't see any more camps the distance. We're like, maybe we should just go and try and find someone and ask. So we go into the camp, we're like walking around, and then it just hits us that it, it's like, that's our camp. Yeah, maybe we're just like, yeah, let's just <laughs> check it out. And like, it turns out it was. And the worst part is, is like, as soon as we got back, we fell asleep and we really wanted to take photos at sunrise and we completely <laughs> we slept it. past. Yeah, through it. We got back so. at 530. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, before I wrap it up, I would love to hear from each of you guys, like, what kind of, you know, travel, how, how, what you bring back from it to your normal everyday life and <coughs> how it Im- impacts, uh, the way your lifestyle, I guess. So Arno, you want to start? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, that's, that's a hard question to kind of digest into one answer, but I think, um, I think the biggest thing you come back with is a new perspective. Um, I think f- especially the route we took with semester at sea, um, going to those the countries that are just so vastly different from what you're used to, um, it makes you realize that there is really, as cliche as it sounds, a whole world out there. Um, but it also makes you appreciative of your home, your culture, um, and, and the people that you call your family and your friends. So I think for me, that's, that's the most refreshing thing. And I think that's why uh, all of us kind of constantly have this yearning to travel is because we're always to kind of looking to seek these new perspectives and experience these different cultures. Um, so I think that's what I love the most about traveling is just being immersed in these different environments. Yeah, and I think what I've learned too is that um, the the safe the safe path that we're given or what basically what society or what people other people are trying to tell you to do in life, like this isn't all there is. And um, we don't have to do basically what, everyone thinks we're supposed to do in a sense like say you you don't have to take the safe job even if after college you go you get a job you work for five years you can just do something else because there's a as Arno said there's a whole world out there there's so much opportunity that it's not you know what you have in your small world here isn't all there is so just don't forget that Mm -hmm. um and I think I'll just add is that like I think just going and experiencing like different cultures and different people just really kind of gives you a lot more kind of just a basic level of respect for other people that are different than you. You know what I mean? I think like if everyone was in the world was able to just go experience like another culture that's completely different from them and just be immersed in it, they would just have like such a better appreciation for being different and like embracing different things and like how awesome that is that is that we or that we can go and like experience that. Um, Mm. So yeah, I hope we can still be able to, and I know we all have some more uh, stories to tell and um, I look forward to having you guys back on the podcast soon. Um, (laughs) But yeah, thanks for, thanks for joining me today. Any, any parting words? I don't, I don't know. Just (laughs) keep listening. (laughs) Cool. Uh, You can find us on social media and on iTunes. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.